This is the Imperial Garrison. What's your call sign, pilot? It's... Um, it's... Say something. Rebel? Uh... Rebel Rock Radio. Rebel Rock Radio? There is no Rebel Rock Radio. Well, there is now. From the far reaches of the Outer Rim to the city planet of Coruscant, it's the podcast that gives you sweet jams and all those pop culture hits. It's Rebel Rock Radio. Everybody, this is Rebel Rock Radio. This is episode number 128. And as you can see, DJ is not with me today. He is on his way to Houston. Actually, I think he's already there because he's in the chat room. But with me today, joining us for the first, well, actually for the second time, I think, uh, is Dave Brown. Hey, how's it going, everybody? First time in this format. I was that is true. Yeah, I was in the old show. I have never done a YouTube live stream before, so so I do. I do have a real quick question. So you you were threatened legally for the name of the show, but it's okay to have artwork that is clearly Star Wars ripped off artwork in your intro video. That's how that works. I, I, I guess so. <laughs> they okay. haven't they haven't shut us down for the video yet. <laughs> All right. That's all right. Well, real quick, who do we have in the chat room? We have Isaac. Hello, Isaac. Welcome back. DJ, of course, as I mentioned, is with us. Nicole, who used to be one of our co-hosts, is with us. Hey, Nicole. Uh, Comic Con is in the house. Welcome back to the show, Comic Con. Uh, Kelly, aka Lunar Girl, always great to have you. And it looks like that's it for now, but uh, things will, of course, continue and ramp up as the night goes by. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into our first music break. This one is from a band based out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, the band is called Don't Sleep, and um, I found about found out about them through their record label. They're actually the thing that got me interested in them is uh, their singer is Dave Smalley, who used to sing for All and has sang for several other bands. Uh, this is cool. So they have um, an album coming out on June first called Sea Change, uh, coming out from End Hits Records. And this is a song from that upcoming album. It is called Promise Made. Enjoy. Yeah. 
All right. Promise made by Don't Sleep. And uh, have you heard of that band before? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I I have not listened to the new song, but yeah, I was very familiar. I'm very familiar with Dave Smalley's career. I, uh, I first, I think the first thing I honestly heard of his was his band down by law. And because my first experience to Dag Nasty, one of the bands he was in in the eighties was with one of their other singers, actually two of their other singers. And uh, so I came to him last of the singers in that band ironically i also came to him last as the singer for all even though he was the first singer for all and they're one of my favorite bands but uh yeah dave small is a nice guy i've interacted with him a few times over the years on uh, online and super nice guy and uh, always writes really good songs so so um i don't know if you folks know this but dave is actually the host of a podcast called one band five songs uh which is always in my podcast listening rotation why don't you kind of give them a a brief synopsis of that podcast sure so the the concept of the of the show is that we take a look at the career of one musical artist through the lens of five of their classic songs and we have covered just all sorts of different kinds of artists. I'm, I'm trying really hard to make sure that it's a, a good mix of stuff instead of just playing either punk bands or stuff that is just my personal favorites. And in fact, I've found doing my personal favorites are kind of hard because <laughs> it's, it's like, how do you pick for a, a band you've listened to for, you know, 30 years? How do you pick five songs? It's, yeah nigh impossible so uh and, and uh, to be clear though i completely ripped off the idea from bandsplain before when they were just a spotify only podcast so uh yassi Salik, uh thank you uh for for your inspiration and uh i appreciate it so yeah it feels i feel to me it feels a little bit different than <clears throat> that particular podcast in a way it, yes well i mean if, for those of you who've never heard, Yasi Salik, the host, is a one-of-a-kind. She is a very amazing host and unique p- person. Uh, but the whole thing, Spotify has a streaming, or not streaming, Spotify has a uh, podcast hosting service that they offer for free. And you can use Spotify's music within your podcast as it's called Music Plus Talk. So that's what she used originally on the show. And unfortunately it does limit your reach because it's only available on Spotify. Right. And they've changed that now. So you can get that show anywhere, but I loved that idea and I went with it. And also I like the compact nature of just covering five songs. Yeah. Even though uh, my first episode, we did seven and I have done six on many episodes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Seven is my, in my head, my absolute cutoff. I will not play more than seven songs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you were saying, it's really hard to pick five songs for some of the artists. Like when you, when you did your motorhead episode and I was like, man, how is he going to nail this down to five songs? <laughs> but that one was easier for me. Cause I'm not, a i'm not a huge motorhead fan i don't know their discography in depth really well i'm a yeah. they're like a greatest hits band for me 
Yeah. You know, there, there's some bands for those of us who are older and were in the CD era and cassette era. There were times when you were deciding to listen to an artist. And if they had a very big catalog, you probably just got the greatest hits album. Majority of people who are older than 35 probably know the Eagles through and God, God bless them for knowing the Eagles because the Eagles are horrible, but <laughs> they know them through those greatest hits albums. Same with like Queen. Not many people are running out and were picking up individual Queen, Queen records, but they certainly were getting the greatest hits collections. Yeah. So uh, that's that's me with uh, with Motorhead. Uh, yeah, um, so Scott just jumped in the chat. Welcome uh, back to the chat, Scott. Good to see you again. And Scott is one of the hosts of the Used and Abused podcast. And I was, I, I did a brief appearance and on their episode on Tuesday. They were celebrating their 200th episode. So way to go, guys. And yeah, I think uh, I, I think this. Uh, Reaction here is probably to your comment about the Eagles. That's fair. That, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I personally I, I'm, think they're, I'm low. with you though. I, I personally think they are one of the worst things ever to come out of the seventies. You know, but. the, the irony <laughs> is I actually really like a lot of Don Henley's solo music. And I also really like some Glenn Fry solo music. It's just when they get together or got together, cause a lot of them are now dead with those two other jabrones it, it's needles on a chalkboard though in like the 90s there was a country music tribute album that came out mm -hmm. and travis tritt did a cover of one of their songs mm. and it was quite good but, <laughs> nicole didn't like my comment about the about the eagles either um yeah i'm not really a fan of either one of those guys as a solo artist however i will say uh, I have heard several cover versions of Boys of Summer that I've liked. Um, Who besides the Ataris? Oh man, there was a uh, there was a female fronted band that did it. Oh man, I I can't remember who did it. Hang on, let me see if I can if I can Google that sucker. Um, it, it's something that's been out recently like within the last couple of years interesting i um, i like the atari's cover and actually that atari's record is uh way better than it should be it's a really good album man yeah no i don't i don't remember i don't remember who it was it was God, no uh, one cares so it's okay yeah not really um i i will okay so nicole i i will say that i do like queen I just don't like the Eagles. Uh, so DJ has a question. Are the Eagles rock or country? Um, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I would, I would lean towards rock because they often get played on. Uh, well, they used to often get played on a local radio station here um, called KATT. Uh, I don't know if they still do because I don't listen to the radio. Yeah, no, I, I think the Eagles are definitely a rock band, but they're one of those rock bands that a lot of country singers really like. Yeah. 
So, and, and genre isn't as important now as it used to be, but there was a time, a lot of country singers, especially as Nicole points out in, uh, in the nineties or no, wait, I'm sorry. That's Scott. Scott, Scott points out in the nineties that admit we're admitting, Oh, Hey, we actually like rock bands. Like when, uh, Garth Brooks came out and told everyone that his favorite band was kiss. And then he tried to change his name and be someone else and do a rock album. And it was just horrible. Much like his regular material. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to disagree with you. Garth Brooks yeah, has some jams. That's fine. I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I'm, I'm not a fan. Uh, the closest that I get to country music is uh, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash is the, is the answer I give any time. Anytime I hear someone say, I don't like country music. I'm like, oh yeah, two words for you, Johnny Cash. <laughs> and I think twice I've had someone go, no, I don't like Johnny Cash. To which I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? That's what? like, you know, Nicole mentions Queen earlier. I'm like, if you don't like Queen, I'm going to have, I have serious questions. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like Johnny Cash, I have serious questions. Yeah. But um, you actually did, you actually did uh, an episode. I think you're doing, aren't you doing like a three-parter? Of Johnny Cash? Yes. So I did. The first episode covered everything up to essentially 1991-ish when he signs with American Recordings. So that was the Sun years and the stuff in the 70s. So all that part of his career. And then the second episode was specifically on the American Recording years. With the exception of all the alt-rock covers he did because to me it was just like okay he's he did enough of those that that deserves its own its its own um look yeah. so yeah. because i mean besides hurt because hurt is brilliant he also did a cover of soundgarden's rusty cage he did a cover of depeche mode's personal jesus u2's one these were all fantastic covers and i just thought they uh it deserved to be talked about and it's my show and i can do whatever the heck i want so <laughs> very good um so what all have you been up to uh this week anyway are you still are you still in school or, or semester over well i'm pretty sure no one cares but uh <laughs> the semester's over and i decided not to go to summer school because I was looking at the amount of work I was going to have to do. And when I realized, oh, I don't need this class to graduate, I said, screw it. And decided, um, yeah, I need I need a break because I have not taken a semester off since I started grad school. Yeah. And uh, I could just, uh, I needed a break. So <laughs> understandably so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not really a whole lot going on other than work. I've been... Um, I have been, uh, I think folks of you that have been listening to the show the last month or so know that I've been trying to get caught up on the X-Men, uh, stuff, the, the current, current era of the, uh, the X-Men comic books. And I, I finally got caught up, um, just in time for the, for the big fall of X crossover event that's going to start here in the next month. Um, so yeah, other than other than getting caught up on that, really haven't been doing much of anything. You know, speaking of the X Men, so we're both 
friends and patrons of this fantastic show called uh, Punk Lotto Pod. And uh, Justin and Dylan, who run that show, are just are are great guys, good friends, and they have through their Patreon a Discord server. Um, it's not as wild as y'all's Discord server. I had to turn off notifications on y'all's mess because there's too much stuff going on, and <laughs> it made my brain want to melt. But <laughs> there was a discussion that Steve, you started. Thank you about the X Men and who's your favorite oh. X Men character. Oh, yeah. One of uh, one of your many tweets about various things asking you know who's your favorite x-men character and i was being silly and snarky and said none of the above because i don't like marvel comics mostly and i've never connected with the x-men outside of the movies so uh that turned into a very lively discussion where i continuously got raked over the coals yeah by, that was a uh... By a dude in our in the group who uh, he has since chilled, as I don't think he realized he was coming off as much as big of a jerk as he was. At least that's the way I was interpreting I, it. I don't think, <clears throat> you know, for for somebody who's known you for over twenty years, I I knew where you were coming from with that statement. It was like you're being snarky. Yeah, yeah. I know that you don't like the X Men. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's sometimes when, and I've actually run into this, I have a new boss. Uh, well, she's been around for six months or going on a year-ish. But I have to remind myself that, oh, yeah, she doesn't know me and doesn't understand my quirks. Yeah. Because uh, for any of you out there who know me, which is probably not most of you, uh, and if you do get to know me, I apologize. I'm a lot to deal with. <laughs> And I know this, and unfortunately, I did not ease my boss into the mess that is Dave Brown. She got it full tilt because I'd had the same other boss for eight years, and I was super relaxed and comfortable. And uh, yeah, that was not cool. Not cool to do. Uh, but again, no one cares about this. So, uh, hey, what's our next tune? Is, that, well, is it time we, for the next tune? It's not time for the next tune oh, okay. yet. Uh, I got some housekeeping stuff to do here. Oh, how's um, I'm, I'm bad with the segues. This isn't my show. I don't know what's going on. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, just so those of you who are new to the show, um, we are part of the Red 5 Network. Uh, it's a great podcast network full of all kinds of different types of podcasts, everything from Star Wars to comic books to music and everything in, in between. Uh if you have a hobby of some sort, there is probably a podcast on the network for you. And scrolling underneath me, if you can't see that, if you're watching, uh, just check out that link there. It's also in the show notes. And if you're listening, just go to bio.link forward slash red, the number five, and you can get a list of all the great podcasts that are on that network. All great stuff. It is. It's a cool network. And uh, the folks that run it, uh, the interactions I've had with them, are, they're all super nice. So it's, uh, I know it's done wonders for this show. And yeah. you've got, you guys have built yourself a really good little community. And I think that's super yeah. cool. It is definitely a great community. All right. If you would like to support the show, there are several ways in which to do so. Uh, if you are watching us on YouTube, as right now most of you probably are because <laughs> we're live, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
And then on this particular episode, hit that like and comment if you so choose. And then there's a little bell there you can click on, and that will notify you whenever we get a new episode so that you never miss one. Excuse me, sir. It's smash that like button, I think Ooh. is the correct parlance. You need to <laughs> smash. Do you need to smash? Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so smash that like button, but subscribe too, because that's very important. Um, Second way that you can support the show is by buying our merchandise at our TeePublic site. Um, That one is right underneath me right there. Just go to TeePublic and search Rebel Rock Radio. And right now, uh, still, all we have is shirts and mugs. Uh, Still haven't, like, fixed up all the merchandise for uh, since the brand change. Uh, but yeah, just go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash rebel dash rock dash radio. It's also in the show notes if you want to check that out there. And lastly, the last way that you can support the show is by supporting us on Patreon. If you know what Patreon is, just go there and search for Rebel Rock Radio or just go to patreon.com forward slash Rebel Rock Pod. And you too can be a patron of Rebel Rock Radio for as little as $1 a month. So that is how you can uh, support our show. Now, this is the time of the show where we give a shout out to those of you who are already a member of the elite patron group. So we would like to thank all of those and show our appreciation. So thanks today. They, I know that guy, Kelly, Chris, Don, Nicholas, Scott, Kim, Amanda, Mandy, Justin, Charlie, and Chantel. Thank you for support, and uh, thanks for helping us keep things going here. And we don't have any announcements this week, so let's move on to our next song. This comes out of somewhere in Virginia. I couldn't find the uh, city, Uh, but the name of the band is Rose Neath, and they have an album coming out in June called Nowhere Safe via 30-something records. And the song we are going to play from that upcoming album is called Noisy. So enjoy.
Is that it? Is it over? Sir, you are muted. Derp! Okay. Yeah, that was Rose Neath with Noisy. So, since you were like, I don't know where in Virginia these guys are from, I decided to do a little Googling. These folks are from Richmond, Virginia, also the home of one Mr. Tim Berry and the band Avail, who are both amazing. Cool stuff. And uh, so, if, if you may indulge me for a moment, listen to this uh, description. Taking influence from 90s alternative classics as well as modern grunge, post-hardcore, and shoegaze bands, Richmond, Virginia's Rose Neath, God, what a name, uh, combines driving riffs with soaring melodies to create something new with a familiar nostalgia. Sure, I guess that's what that was. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have played it on here. Um, Fair enough. But, uh, okay, so D, uh, DJ just informed us that he is 64 miles from the Buckies in Houston. Um, Puckies so I got, rules. I, I was going to ask, have, have you been, which one have you been to? Like the one that I always go to is the one in Denton. That's, that's the one. That's the, it's the perfect spot to stop on your way out of Dallas yeah. or the Dallas-Fort Worth area heading back to Oklahoma City. It's it's you get your gas and you're pretty much good for the drive. Yeah, I, I love that Bucky's. Bucky's is ginormous. I mean, it's like if you've ever been, I, I don't know outside of Oklahoma where they have on cue, but on cue is ginormous and Bucky's puts that to shame. Yeah, on cues are really nice, nice um, convenience stores, right? Uh, yeah with the gas gimmicks and all that stuff. And Bucky's is, it's like your gourmet <laughs> convenience store. They have a fudge bar. Yeah. They have fudge. beef jerky bar. They've oh got man. So many beef jerky options. They, they that, like have a deli. Yeah. And the most pristine bathrooms you will ever see in your life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Those are the cleanest bathrooms I've ever seen. Yeah. If you need to drop a deuce, you will have no problems dropping a deuce in there. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned the beef jerky. There's like this wall of beef jerky. It's just like every type of beef jerky you could imagine is on that wall. And yeah, Bucky's is crazy. And then and then they've got their store where it's like They've got all their merchandise, their Bucky's merchandise, and it's man, it's crazy. But yeah, the food there is great. Um, but I agree, yeah, that one in Denton is perfect for like when you're going going into Dallas for for a show, or I don't know, on your way to that giant mall that has the Cat Cafe. <laughs> your obsession with the Cat Cafe. I, I love that Cat Cafe. So okay. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but there's this mall in, in the Dallas Fort Worth area that has a, um, it's inside a mall, which is kind of weird. Uh, but it has a, 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 a store. If you can call that a store called the cat cafe. And literally you pay money <laughs> to go into this place and pet kitties for an hour. Like all of these cats are up for adoption. So if, you know, if you're looking to adopt a cat, there's plenty of cats there to get to, to adopt, but you literally, you just, you pay them. I don't even remember how much you pay them, but you pay them by the half hour or by the hour. When I do it, I always go for the full hour 
and you go in and you just pet all the kitties for an hour. It's amazing. And yeah, the last time Steve and I went to a show down in <laughs> Dallas, this was in 2018, and we had both our we had our sons with us, and we were going to see Frank Turner uh, at the was it the Hard House Rock? of Blues. House of Blues, House yes. Blues. That was, God, that was a good show. It was, it was Frank Turner, Lucero, and the Menzingers. It was yeah, an amazing show. bill. Yeah, so great. the whole time down there, he's like, hey, let's go to the cat place. I'm like, no, we're not going to the goddamn cat place. Let's go to the cat place. I'm like, no. We you got would, two shows you would to love go it, to. man. You would love it. No, it sounds amazing. But I was, I was like, no, we're going to an in-store and we're going to a concert. <laughs> Because Frank Turner's my favorite artist of all time, and we got to go see this. So. You know what? That's also the last time I ever went to the Spaghetti Warehouse in Dallas. Is it gone now? Yeah, it's gone. Rest in peace, Warehouse. I know that place was great. Um, yeah, good food there. Uh, but I mean, these days I've kind of got my own cafe going on in the house. Anyway, we've got five cats running around here. I can pet all the kitties I want for free. <laughs> Crazy cat people here, man. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. I've got some, I've got some cat issues. Obviously. And they, they usually, there's a, usually at least one of them in my office during the recording. And they, they always show up on the video, but nobody, I scared them off. They're like, oh, that one-handed guy's here? No, we can't deal with that. No, no, I haven't. You still haven't seen the new house, by the way. You need to come over. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yeah. You don't live that far from me anymore. No. And when no. I lived in Edmond, that was like fuck that drive. Yeah, that that was rough. That was uh, a. For those of you who, who aren't in the Oklahoma City metro area, the so it is. It's a very large metro area, and Edmond is the extreme north end. And I live in one of the southernmost ends. And now Steve lives in the about the southmost end of <laughs> so it's uh Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, when I when I drive up there to go see my son, it's 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 quite a drive. I mean that when I get on the interstate, that like getting from from Norman where I live to just the south tip of Oklahoma City. Um, like once you leave more, it's just traffic the whole way, and it's it's horrible. It's yeah. it's like the worst part of the trip. For those of you in actual real big cities, it's not traffic <laughs> like that. No. no, 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 no. It's not traffic like like in Seattle or Dallas or anything like that. But God, Dallas traffic makes me want to have. A, I mean, I damn near have a heart attack every time I'm down there. It's <clears throat> almost had a nervous breakdown last time I was down there. It was awful. Isaac says he has two cats. Two? Only two? You need to go to the cat cafe and adopt some kitties. Hey, uh, speak of the devil. Blue's here. Hey, what's up, nerds? I mean, he's not wrong. No. Um, I mean, we are on a, a, a show that was based around Star Wars, so. Pretty much. All right. So it is time for Rebel Rock Radio Picks. A portion of the show where each of us uh, will recommend something that we've been watching, reading, or listening. And 
I don't know. Sometimes you are there, Blue. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Dave, do you have a recommendation for us? Sure. I completely forgot that you had told me about this because my memory stinks anymore as I get old. But my recommendation is for one of my favorite newer bands. The band is Sincere Engineer. They dropped a new single recently called Fireplace, and it freaking rules. So Sincere Engineer's first album, Rombithian, came out in 2017. It was my favorite album of the 2010s. Their second album, uh, Bless My Psyche, came out in 2021. It was my favorite record of 2021. And Deanna, the, the lead singer, the main person behind the band, is an absolute sweetheart. And they rule. So uh, go check it out and just Google Sincere Engineer. You'll find all the stuff. I'll, I'll put the link to that to that single in the show notes as well. Um, how many times have you seen her live, by the way? Just once. Okay. I, 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 I'm only one ahead of you. I saw them at Riot Fest too. So yeah, they unfortunately not a. We are an often missed spot for tours. Yeah, which stinks. So yeah, one of the other amazingly great things about living in Oklahoma. (laughs) It sucks here. Sorry. Oh come on now. It it could be worse. It could be worse. You could end up in a town of 3000 people in Western Michigan. Yeah. Y'all didn't do your research. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's yeah. I, that would have been, here's the thing. And, and I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but I, I thought Grand Rapids was bigger than it was. And it's now granted it's no, it's, it's not, it's not great. I mean, there's some things about it that are that are pretty cool, uh, and I like to be in as close as I was to Chicago. Where if I wanted to go down there, just three-hour drive, just nothing. Like it's like us driving to Dallas. Um, but that that was really the only upside. I I did not I did not like it up there. So there are worse places than Oklahoma. I mean, statistically, I think what Mississippi is the only thing that ranks lower than Oklahoma in like everything. Oh, except uh, incarceration. We're like number one. Oh, yeah. With women. We're great at that. Go, go incarceration. <laughs> but, but yeah, Sincere Engineer, check this band out. They, <clears throat> you know, I, I trying to describe their sound is really hard. It's definitely, it's definitely on the punk end of things but they play in such a unique way. It's not your standard chord structures and songs. The drumming is not your standard, just four, four stuff. That's a thing, right? Four, four. I, I, I love music, but it's not like I can deconstruct it at all. <laughs> so it, it's just, there's something very unique about the way they play and construct their songs. So uh, I just go listen to it. I, I think it's wonderful. Um, so my kids, weren't fans but i played the bejesus out of rombithian in the car with them and i think uh deanna's voice got on their nerves a little bit and you know if you don't like a a singer's voice that can be that can be a deal breaker right there yeah yeah it can so what do you recommend okay my recommendation is actually a tv show that i've been re-watching 
And uh, while we were in preparations for last week's episode, last week's episode being the X-Men episode that we did with uh, Kelly, a.k.a. Lunar Girl, uh, I started re-watching the show and it's called The Gifted. Um, I watched it several years ago and uh, just sat down and, and started re-watching it and kind of got sucked in. Um, I don't remember, and I didn't think to, to research this, uh, but I didn't, I don't remember what channel, like what TV station it originally came on, but it only lasted two seasons. And basically what this is, is it's like, it's based in an alternate universe of the movies is how they explained it. Um, so it's it, basically the premise is it's in the future and the X-Men have disappeared. Uh, but then they have this uh, group of people that have formed what's called the mutant underground. And it, uh, the show is comprised of, Hey, Tina, how's it going? Um, is comprised of characters that actually, uh, are found in the comic books and then a bunch of original characters that they made just for the show. Um, Polaris, for instance, is one of the main characters and, and she's from the comic books, but, um, it's pretty cool. It's, it can get pretty corny at times, a, a little campy ish. Um, but the story of it is, is pretty, uh, pretty interesting. So, um, whether or not you're a fan of the X-Men, uh, go check it out. Um, it's on Hulu, which is where I'm watching it. Um, it looks like it aired on Fox, by the way. Okay. That figures that they canceled it. No, after watching two seasons of it, I understand why they canceled it. Um, it didn't really need to go any further. Uh, but I enjoyed it and I am, I'm about halfway through season two right now in my rewatch. Uh, hey, Danny from Comics and Cosmetics is in the chat room. Haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing, Danny? Anyway, uh, The Gifted. Go check that out. I'll have the link in the show notes after the show is over. And that is it for Rebel Rock Radio Picks of the Week. Which brings us to our final... Um, music track. This one comes from a band based out of Chicago, Illinois called Grassface. And they just put out a new album in April called Skinwalker. And I am playing the opening track from that album, and it is called Banshee. So here you go.
Right. That was Banshee by Grassface. Okay, that was awesome. Um, oh, yeah, I really like them. Uh, I I don't know about the name. <laughs> it reminds me of Taserface a little bit. <laughs> Taserface! But, yeah, that music was awesome. I, in fact, I just went on Bandcamp and bought that song. Oh, uh, yeah. My work here is done. No, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I actually found out about that band from that Discord server that you were talking about earlier. Oh, nice. The one for Punkaletto. Like, one of the guys had posted uh, one of the songs from the album, and I was like, who is this? Why have I not heard of them? Uh, so I went out and got the album, and I was like, this is a great album. I love this album. Uh, and then, And then I wound up, talking to one of the guys from Grassface on uh, I don't know some social media um, and just chatted with them a little bit and then said hey I want to play your song one of your songs and they're like sounds cool to me <laughs> usually how that works uh, Taserface man oh have you seen speaking of Taserface have you seen the new Guardians yet I have not oh, okay it's alright we will uh we will not talk about it then. I, I actually love, haven't I even it. seen uh, the Thor movie. No, you don't need to. The last thing I saw was Doctor Strange mm. 2, which was mediocre at best. Yeah, that, that's a good, good, uh, good way to describe it. Uh, so Danny, you sent who a DM, me, or are you talking to Nicole? Probably Nicole. Yeah, Gu Guardians was great. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, all right, well, it is time for the main event. Resistance is futile. We are going to talk about some Star Trek. And this is the first time that one of our patrons, uh, who's sitting here with me, um, cashed in there, choose a topic for an epi episode, and uh, he chose Star Trek. So that's what we're going to talk about. And I'm looking forward to it. It's like, you're way bigger of a Star Trek fan than I am, but, but I do enjoy uh, some Star Trek and uh, yeah. So we're going to talk all kinds of stuff about Star Trek. Oh, uh, see, I, I didn't even realize I, I bought, I paid my way onto the show. I just thought it was because we're <laughs> friends. Okay. I, I see how this goes now. Slide how, you some money. That's how it works, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Star Trek was invent invented. It was, uh, I guess you could say invented. I don't know. In Created. Created, Gene Roddenberry. There you go. Gene Roddenberry, 1966, and has been going crazy ever since. Uh, movies, there's a ton of them. TV shows, now there's a ton of those. Um, there are comic books. There are cartoons. There is, of course, merchandise. Um, there's magazines. Uh, there are even games, um, you know, board games as well as um, a tabletop role-playing games, all devoted to this 
ginormous media franchise. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the biggest media franchises of all time, if we're being honest. It's it's in the same echelon as Star Wars as far as uh, reach and popularity, I think. Uh, it's its popularity is different. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's been around longer than Star Wars by uh, what 10 years, 10 or 11 years. Yeah. Now, which fan base has the greater level of toxicity? I don't know. Uh, cause they're both filled with a bunch of fools, but, uh, it is, you know, it, it's a question. <clears throat> so based on my observations, but that also would be because of my closeness to the franchise, I would go with star Wars. Um, but I'm not as close to the Star Trek fan base as I am the Star Wars fan base. Well, admittedly, I'm not very close to the Star Trek fan base either. Mm -hmm. I, uh, a lot of fandoms that even stuff that I love, I kind of keep at arm's length because it's like, uh, okay, I really enjoy this stuff, but y'all aren't my people. So yeah, yeah. my people are punk shows. Um, But that having been said, you know, I did. I've been into Star Trek as basically as long as I can remember. Uh, my mom introduced it to me. I saw the Wrath of Khan in the theaters when it originally came out. I distinctly remember. Uh, I saw it. Uh, I remember Spock dying. Spoiler alert. Then I remember seeing Star oh, Trek man. three. <laughs> Star Trek three in the theaters. Search for Spock and seeing the Enterprise get blown up. Another spoiler alert. And I just. It's been with me my whole life. I watched uh, The Next Generation. I watched the premiere and followed most of it when it was on the air. I did dip out for a a number of years and really didn't follow it a whole lot for a long time. I eventually did watch all the next-gen movies, but it wasn't until Star Trek Picard came out, season one, that my love of Star Trek really was reinvigorated because I, I got the uh, CBS all access as it was called back then. Now the Paramount plus, and I watched season one and I loved it. I I know there are people who have ripped the new Trek to shreds, but I enjoyed the heck out of it. And some of it is just seeing, you know, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart back doing the character he's most known for. Mm-hmm. And a character who was a big influence on me. I mean, the next generation especially was a huge, huge part of my life. And there's a lot about those characters that I look up to that I think I took influence from, especially Commander Riker. Uh, I, I like to think that if I was ever in a leadership type position, I would be a leader kind of in that vein of, of the way he would lead uh, where he was just a, a guy who got along with everyone and made sure to get to know his people. And that to me is important when you see your boss getting down in the trenches, getting their hands dirty with you. Uh, that to me, that gets a lot of respect uh, out, out of me. So, uh, but the, the whole idea of Star Trek, when Gene Roddenberry created it, it was originally a, uh, was it Gunsmoke? No, Wagon Train. Wagon Train in the Stars. 
What's rag, wagon train, you ask? Google it. It's an old uh, Western from like the 50s. But the whole idea was a an exploring adventure on in, in space, right? Interesting couple of bits about when the show was created. So they, they do their first pilot and the networks are like, we like the idea, but this, there's not enough going on here. And the original pilot they created is, is it's real cerebral in a lot of ways and it's kind of slow. And so they made a new pilot and the thing though, the, the one person aside from Gene Roddenberry, who you can say is most responsible for getting Star Trek off the ground is Lucille Ball. It was her production company that her and her husband's that bankrolled the show. And it was an expensive show in the sixties. I mean, it looks like hot garbage in today's standards, but it was not a cheap show to run. And it was it, it really good. Now I've done a rewatch of I'm in the third season. And I keep getting stalled out and watching other things, but it's very much of its time. So there's a lot of, you know, sixties sexism. Uh, it's, it's pretty good about not being really racist because it was really trying hard to make stands against that. Cause you have this bridge crew where you've got an African-American in a prominent position. You have a Russian in a prominent position. You have an Asian in a prominent position. You have an alien in a prominent position. You have a Scottish person in a prominent position and you have a cranky old Southern guy in a, in a prominent position. And then you just have this, you know, debonair, um, William Shatner in the 60s when he was looking all sexy and hot. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and it, it pushed a lot of boundaries. And the thing about it is it was, it showed a, a potential future where humanity could evolve past so much of our crap, right? Cause we are a stupid species and I just pronounced that word wrong species. I don't know why I put a C in there. <laughs> You're real dumb, right? Collectively we are dumb people but this show showed us our potential and I've always had a hope for humanity. And a lot of that was based on star Trek. It's like, okay, well, once we get our heads out of our butts, we're going to figure this out that we're, you know, we're, we're all in this together and we'll get past all the stupid stuff and have a, a brighter future. And that was so much of the idea behind the show. So it was originally three seasons in the 1960s, 66 to 69. Then there was a couple of animated seasons that was basically season four of the show, right? It was two animated seasons, but they were shorter number of episodes and it got almost the entire original cast back. I think uh, the guy who played Chekhov, Walter Cohen, was the only person who didn't come back. So then in was it 78 ish somewhere around late seventies, right there. The first movie comes out originally, they were trying to make another TV show. Paramount was trying to launch a, a television network, which it was trying to do forever until finally CBS all access and Paramount plus became a thing. Anywho, uh, star Trek, the motion picture comes out and it is beautifully shot. 
slow as all get out. Uh, and you know, it's fine, but wrath of Khan is, is the movie where it, people really stood up and said, Oh, this can be really good. And, uh, yeah, from there in the, in the late eighties, there was a new series, star Trek, the next generation from that, we got deep space nine and then Voyager and then enterprise. And then basically it just kind of went away for a long time because the folks who'd been making those shows had been doing so from like 87 through whenever enterprise ended. It was a long time as you think, Next Gen went seven seasons. Deep Space Nine went seven seasons. Voyager went seven seasons. Enterprise went four seasons. And one dude was the main person behind 85, 75% of it. So uh, he was exhausted and out of ideas by the end. And then we have the J.J. Uh, Abrams comes along before he, he did his Star Wars thing. He uh, decided to try some new Star Trek and made the Kelvin universe, which I know is, is what he's most familiar with. And then a few years ago, they decided to start something back up with the streaming gimmicks. And we have a whole new series, a set of series with discovery, which is, I think really good. It, it's fascinating. When you talk to star Trek fans, the, there are so many different lines that there are people that either, there are a lot of people that love the new stuff they often tend to be younger and then they're your curmudgeon old folks. This is not my star Trek. I y'all being star Wars fans, I'm sure are quite familiar with people <laughs> who have those similar types of attitudes. Very much so. Yeah. But it's, it very much is in, I think the vein and the heart of what Roddenberry was originally coming up with. And if you ever do any research on Roddenberry complicated guy, apparently a bit of a dick, and uh, so like most people, so many layers when you're peeling it all back. But yeah, it was Star Trek is something that I have gotten back into. The first convention I ever went to was a Star Trek convention. I met uh, Walter Cohen. We did a the guys I went with. We did a, like a game show or something. It was like some kind of game where we were doing trivia or something, talking to him. And then I met James Duhon, who played Scotty. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's kind of my journey with Star Trek. Yeah, so my first Star Trek uh, memory um, was seeing Wrath of Khan in the theaters back in what was it, '83? Uh, before I, I, I continue, uh, we've got a couple of newcomers to the chat room, Charles Bowles. Um, Good friend of mine. I don't think I've ever seen you in the chat room though before, Charles. Have you been in here before? Because if you have, you've been hiding really well. Um, and then Spencer um, is with us. So welcome back to the chat room, Spencer. And he said that he just saw Wrath of Khan in theaters last year. So, uh, you know, during the, uh, the re-release. I did not get to see the re-release of Wrath of Khan in the theater. Um, I did, however, I want probably just a couple of years ago, maybe not even, actually, I think it may have been last year, I saw the original Star Trek uh, re-release in the theater. 
Uh, when they yeah, when they re re released the motion picture, I didn't see that in theaters, but I did watch the director's cut that's on Paramount Plus, and yeah. it's it's good. It's especially the 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 special effects that they kind of updated a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw it at uh, if if I'm remember, I'm pretty sure I saw it at Quell Springs. Um, so that was no no, I did not. I saw it at Tinseltown. Um, which means yeah. so much to everyone not in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I, you're. If you watch the show enough, you know that I, I make comments about stuff that none of these people know anything about. Uh, but going back to that, so my original, uh, my, my my first memory of Star Trek was Wrath of Khan in the theaters, um, and then continued to watch the movies in there. Uh, We'll, we were actually going to talk about those, Charles, so we'll, we'll, we'll actually get to that here in a little bit. Um, so I did watch a few more of the movies and then um, stopped altogether. And then I actually did not, um, I did not watch Next Generation when it first started. Um, it's funny is I was over at a friend's house and I want to say early 90s. Um, early to mid nineties, um, I went over to a friend's house and he and his wife were watching something on, on the TV. And, um, I was just kind of sitting on the couch and, and I started getting, I was like, is this Star Trek? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what is this? And they're like, it's the next generation. And I'm like, I I've never heard of that. So we had a conversation about the next generation and they started talking to me about it. And then I started watching that. And um, by that time, the, the sh- we were, they were actually in the last season. Um, so I, I didn't get to watch a whole hell of a lot of that, but then um, I did eventually go back and rewatch that. Uh, but I also remember watching um first contact in the theater um great movie and i remember really liking that movie like a lot like i was like man this movie's fucking great um but as far as the shows like i didn't watch i watched some of the original series i didn't i have to this date i have not watched all of the original series um but let's uh let's kind of switch gears here. We're going to kind of, I had some notes here of kind of an order we were going to talk about. Um, so we were going to talk about the movies first. So, um, so you have the original movies, which when I refer to the original movies, I'll be referring to the, the original crew. Um, so there were a crap ton of those <laughs> and, Looking back, I would have to say that Rathacon um, is probably the best one out of all of those. Um, it, I think there are three that are universally considered the best. Uh, Wrath of Khan, uh, The Whales movie, Voyage Home, and Undiscovered Country, which I I personally think are the three best of the original cast. So was Undiscovered Country the one where they were searching for God? 
No, no. That piece of garbage was <laughs> The Final Frontier. Okay. That was directed by William Shatner. And yeah, that, that movie... That, mo- that movie sucked. Yeah, it, it was... Well, it sucked for a few reasons. One, because William Shatner was like, I get to direct one or I'm not coming back. And then two, the budget was tiny. And he mismanaged the budget like crazy. So, yeah, there's a lot that was wrong with that interestingly that i'm not a very good reader which is ironic because i work in a library but in high school like in school i only read like a handful of books and one of the books i read was the novelization of the final frontier and it was so much better kind of like the novelization of phantom menace was so much better than the movie Uh, (laughs) but i will say here's a hill i will die on Phantom Menace has the best lightsaber duel of the entire saga. Okay. If yeah, I'll agree to disagree on that one. But um, so, what was the undiscovered country? That is the one where the Klingon moon is gets blown up or blows apart, and they have to go and save some Klingons, basically, and then there is an assassination attempt on the head of the Federation and it's, and there is a Romulan, a Klingon and a Vulcan who are all conspiring together. It was the last full movie with the original crew. Yeah. I'll have to go back and rewatch one. Cause I don't remember that at all. Oh, uh, it, it's, it's great. I, I heard a, one of the few Star Trek podcasts that I listened to, refer to it as the Berlin wall movie. Okay. So why do they refer to it as the Berlin wall? Cause it has, so the movie has to do with the, the falling of essentially the beginning of the crumbling of the wall between the Klingon empire and the United Federation of planets. And they say it, I think what the, the message is it's, it's an allegory for the falling of the Berlin wall. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, So then we kind of get a movie that's in between time periods with generations where you get some of the old cast and then some of the new cast, the next generation cast that is kind of in, in one movie together. Um, I wasn't really a huge fan of that movie. It was okay. That movie was it was it was strange because it was the it was the handoff it was like the baton being passed from one crew to the next, but they didn't even have all of the original crew in the film. <clears throat> they only had uh, Chekhov, I think Uhura and um, Kirk, and Kirk was the only one who played a big part. Yeah, but the th- that movie went into production basically the moment season seven of the next generation wrapped and ended. They immediately went into production for generations. Mm -hmm. It was the last appearance more or less now uh, without getting into spoilers of a a current, a newer show. It was the last appearance of the enterprise D which was from the next generation show. And it was, I think the problem that, the next generation films had in general is the fact that overall the next generation was such a high quality show that transitioning 
to film. It's like, well, how much better can this be? Mm-hmm. You know, we've just watched seven seasons of this excellent show. And what are you going to be able to do on the big screen that you couldn't do in 26 episodes in the season? Man, those are long seasons. Yeah. But yeah, Generations, really- it's... um. I think they were finding their footing. It was also the first film that the people who were running the shows had anything to do with. So it was definitely a transition. Yeah. So, I mean, that does bring us into the films of the next generation. Um, As I mentioned, uh, first contact, amazing film. Um, Probably that one is actually tied for my favorite star trek film of of all uh first contact competes with with another one um but yeah i really liked that one and and the ones after that i i um i mean i liked them too uh i would say i liked them more than most of the original ones I could see that. I mean, it it all depends on how much you know the the characters. Yeah. In some ways, Star Trek is a lot like, say, a show like Seinfeld, where the more you get to know the characters, the more you get enjoyment out of the show. Yeah. And especially for me, because I'm rewatching Next Generation right now again. again. <laughs> and there are so many little things that you pick up, little like side side eye glances that the characters give each other just little looks on people's faces that you don't pick up the first time around that adds so much to the depth but I, I, you know the the other two next generation films are they're okay the the bummer is nemesis the final one it was it was weird but there was a it could have been saved had they done two things. One, there was a deleted scene at the end where as because in that film, Riker finally gets his own ship and leaves. He and uh, Deanna Troy got married. He goes off and uh, Picard has to get a new first officer. And there's a meeting with the first the new first officer and Riker. And Riker tells the uh, the new first officer that you know, uh, Picard is very laid back and easygoing and likes to be called by his first name, which is not at all Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> and uh, so when he calls Picard by his first name, he looks, Picard gives him this look and and he's like, oh, Commander Riker told me the wrong thing, didn't he? He messed with me. Had they left that in, and done a, a kind of a pan out of the bridge, which is what they, they had, and then ended it with the space, the final frontier, but do it in the way that it was done at the, with the third Kelvin film where each member of the cast set apart and then data who dies in that movie ends it would have been so powerful and would have been a great way to kind of end the series so since that didn't happen i mean luckily we do get an ending in season three of uh, picard but we'll get there later yeah we'll get there um so that that does segue us into the new films the uh i just refer to them as the kelvin films 
Um, and uh, you may disagree with me, and many may disagree with me at all, but the first one of that series uh, is the other number one that competes with First Contact for me. I loved that movie. It was so great. I had a feeling that's what you were going to say. I can't remember if we've ever discussed this before or not. I don't know. But but the other two are great as well. My favorite is the third one, Star Trek Beyond. It we is have most, had this discussion. Yeah. It is the most Star Trekky of the three yeah. films. It also does a lot of, of nice callbacks to the other films. And it if it is the last one, which it looks more and more like it's going to be the last one. It was a, a really good way of sending it off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people really like those movies. Uh, I would say if, if I'm ranking the Kelvin films, I would say it would be Star Trek beyond Star Trek 2009. And then into darkness would be my third one. Yeah. I would like outside of the movie's first contact, I would put all three of those above everything else. Um, so my ranking for those three would probably be uh, one, three, two. Which makes sense because you are not really a Star Trek fan. I mean, you, you like some of it, but you are not as in the weeds with Trek as you are with Star Wars, for example. Right. You are um, parachuting in to borrow yeah. a phrase from my good friends at the voices of wrestling. So, but yeah, the third, the third one, I think, I mean, it was, it was amazing. Third one was just, yeah, it was just so great. And Hey, there's row. I wondered when he was going to show up. Cause I know he's been watching some star Trek lately. Uh, and just so you know, uh, Dave Rowe is the uh, creator and kind of showrunner of the red five network. Oh, Nice. Well, you've done a great job here. Um, but yeah, the, th the third one, uh, Beyond, is, is just an amazing film. Um, but yeah, all, all three of the Kelvin films, I think, were, as movies, I thought were, were better than anything else. Um, and they were specifically designed to bring in new people. Yeah. Ooh could go into those films, especially the first one and not know diddly squat about Star Trek and get a lot out of it. Of course, if you did have a history with it and watch those films, especially watching uh, Carl Urban's performance as Dr. McCoy yeah. and his spot on DeForest Kelly. Oh, it's so amazingly good. And his chemistry with, with Chris Pine yeah. is through the roof. And Chris Pine did this amazing thing, right? He captured the essence of James T. Kirk without at all doing a William Shatner impersonation. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, those were great movies. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. If, if that's going to be the last one, that's a good, that's a good way to, to, to end it. Um, so next up, we're going to be talking about the TV shows. Um, so original series, like I mentioned, I didn't really watch many of those. Um, next Generation, I've watched 
most of that. I, I would like to say I've watched all, but I can't be 100% certain that I have. So I'm going to go with most of. Um, Deep Space Nine, I've watched a few episodes. Um, I've probably watched more episodes of that or possibly the same amount of episodes as I did the next one, which is Voyager. Um, haven't really, didn't really, could not get into that one. Um, there's a really cool character that came out of that show, um, Seven of Nine, uh, who I think is an amazing character, just the backstory and whatnot. I just was not crazy about the show. Um, and then after that, we had Enterprise, which was a prequel. Right. Quantum and, Leap in Space with Scott yeah, basically. And I I did watch a few episodes of that, and but that was another one I just couldn't get into. So here's the thing. So with Deep Space Nine was a revolutionary show in that it was what it was one of the first shows to really become serialized in modern television. So it so much of modern TV owes a great debt to deep space nine. Deep space nine was also a show you really needed to give time to. Yeah. You needed to get to know those characters and get to know the situations. And the thing, Avery Brooks who plays, uh, Captain uh, Commander Cisco, later Captain Cisco, is a phenomenal actor. So you had these Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, who are both led by these exceptional actors in Patrick Stewart and Avery Brooks. So once I got to watching Voyager, and nothing against Kate um, Mul Kate Mulder, I think is how you pronounce her last name. She. She's actually really good, but her background was mostly in like soap operas and not that there's anything wrong with soap operas. Don't get me wrong. But when you go from watching these elite actors in these two leading these two other shows to watching the, especially in that first season, it's like, Ooh, Ooh, what happened here? But there was also a lot of, chaos behind the scenes actually yeah. in most in almost all of these shows originally they had cast someone else and the oh the, i read about that yeah. yeah and i can't remember the name of the lady who they cast but she came in she started filming and within like a day or two maybe it was a week she was like yeah i can't do this because she was a film actor and yeah. was not familiar with the grind of tv acting which apparently is a very different beast not that i've ever been on a set but so she bounced and they brought in Kate and Kate really grew into the character. By the end, Voyager was fantastic. Um, the thing with Enterprise is Enterprise was very different in that it's so much closer to our time than any of the other series. So the characters are very much acting like people nowadays basically yeah. or people you know in the late 90s early 2000s and for me at first i was like "Ooh, and I, mm, I don't really want to watch this to see a bunch of our 
dumbasses out in space. <laughs> so it took me a bit, but the fourth season was phenomenal. And it, it got cut off before it should have. But still, I mean, four seasons is, I think, pretty darn good run. And, yeah, not, I didn't even know it lasted that long. Yeah, it did. Um, so as far as live action, I'm pretty sure the next one was Discovery. It was. That was uh, a, a, that was the first one on the streaming services that was yeah. on CBS All Access, now Paramount Plus. So I have seen, I have watched the first season, but I did not, I did not continue with that show. Uh, not because I didn't like it. I actually did like that show. Um, I did like Discovery. I just had other stuff to watch. Never got around to it. Um, Discovery is a very different beast. Yeah. For one, it's serialized. Way more serialized than Deep Space Nine was. Uh, and also, it is, it's a prequel of the original series. So it's it's kind of jarring seeing technology that looks so much better than the sets from the 1960s. The way I've rationalized so much of that is the 1960s show is limited by the technology of the 1960s. And that stuff was actually way more sophisticated than we could see. So that's, that's how I rationalize it. Yeah. Um, but it is very different and it, it, it really reflects its time. And that's the thing about these shows is as you watch them, they are such a reflection of the errors that they come from. Yeah. So um, after Discovery, we had, um, I think, yeah, Picard, Picard. Uh, which is three seasons. Um, amazing show. So good. Um, of the streaming shows, this one's probably my favorite. Um, just just amazing show. Uh the callbacks, you know, the, the cameos, uh, well, I wouldn't even call them cameos, but the, the people that they brought in uh, from the older shows, uh, it, was, it was so, so much fun. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. Season three was freaking amazing. Um, I, I, I think I mentioned this to you, somebody that I mentioned just a few weeks ago. I would really like to see them do a show kind of centered around Rafi. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually, at this point, I think based on season three of Picard, I want a spinoff that is about Rafi and Worf uh, going around uh, shenanigans and tomfoolery across the galaxy. That would be incredible. Yeah. But well, actually she's, she's part of the crew of the ship that's at the end of the season and hopefully, knock on wood, that uh, I wasn't flipping you guys off. I was trying to cross my fingers. So uh, <laughs> they probably wouldn't care if you flip right. them off. They'd probably flip us off too. Um, hopefully, Star Trek Legacy, the spinoff show, will happen because I think that would be phenomenal. I mean, I'd like to see more misadventures of. Uh... Oh, crap. I can't even. Th- I mean, well, Seven of Nine, but what, what's her actual name? shit jerry ryan <laughs> no no or... no not the actress the the oh. the character i oh. just call her seven and nine yeah um annika annika hansen yeah is her so i'm going to agree with you on that 
uh, row. I actually did not like the Rafi character at first either, but she just really grew on me. Um, and then of course the, the, the other one that we have is uh, strange new worlds. Also an amazing show. And I actually started watching this after I finished season one of discovery. Um, because number one, I like the character, uh, Christopher Pike. Uh, and I also really like the actor that is playing him in strange new worlds. Um, but he, he shows up at the very end of season one of discovery. And so, yeah, when that, when that hit, I was like, Oh, I well, need to watch some of that. He actually himself doesn't appear in season one of Discovery. The Enterprise. Right. The, the end of season one of Discovery is the Discovery and the Enterprise are nose to nose with each other. Season two is all about Pike. Pike comes in and becomes the acting captain of the Discovery. And I, I still say season two of Discovery is one of the best overall seasons of Star Trek ever produced. Yeah, and to... honestly, wow. it's like season 0.5 of Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Strange New Worlds is a spinoff of, of that season. Yeah, I love Strange New Worlds. It's a great show. Um, just how that starts off with, with you know, if you haven't watched that, spoilers, uh, where it shows basically he's not really part of Starfleet anymore. Um, or I don't know, just on extended vacation, but, um, I really like the character and, uh, I really, I really like the actor Anson, Anson Mount. I just, I, for some reason I like him. Uh, Oh, for, he, he's great. And he's so, so good he is. as so Captain good. Pike. And he's one of those, he's another one that like it, that's the kind of person like if I was in a leadership position, I would want to be like him. Yeah. Um, so season two is supposed to be coming out what next month? I think so. Is it yeah? Um, so we need to start wrapping things up, but there are a few other things. We've got the animated series um that have come out. Um there are three of them. There are three. There's the the it's just called the animated series Star Wars or Star <laughs> sorry about that. Star Trek the animated series, which is the original cast. Uh you've got lower decks, uh, which I've watched a few episodes of that and I I, I like it. It's pretty funny. Um and then you've got one that I actually didn't know anything about until I started researching for the show and it's called Prodigy. So Prodigy is a show that's also on Nickelodeon and it's designed for kids. Okay. And it is, it's trying, it's basically, you're trying to get kids hooked on Star Trek. Okay. Uh, so the original uh, animated series was just the next season of the original series. It was produced by all the same writers and most of the same voice actors. So it was, it was just, the next batch lower decks is a gift from God is what that is. <laughs> it is so unbelievably good and so hilarious and such a love letter to star Trek. And they make so many callbacks to all of these things. And it's the two main characters are played by uh, Tawny Newsom, 
who is she is just hysterical and then um what's his face who's on the boys um Carl he plays, no he played the uh the oh, oh the the human yeah um uh, i i know you one moment please yep yep somebody in the chat help us out here <laughs> I will find it. Uh, Jack Quaid. Jack okay. Quaid. And they are just amazing. Jerry O'Connell's in it. It, it, is, it is just unbelievably good. And yeah. it is, I mean, it's real inside baseball. So I could see how if you know nothing about Star Trek, watching this and going, what in the f is going on <laughs> here? Um, yeah, it's like... Uh, uh, Scarif shuttle podcast. I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. Uh, it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's like the Orville and the Orville's amazing. Uh, this, the season one of the Orville is one of the funniest things I've ever watched in my life, but it, it turned, it went from being this hilarious, like love letter comedy to Star Trek, the next generation to basically becoming Star Trek, the next generation. Uh, it's, uh, I, why can't you watch lower decks? I mean, yeah, it is made by the same people who made um, Mort and Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Yeah. Okay. So it's got that kind of animation style, but yeah. it's just that mess is hilarious. So, um, yeah. So the other other types of uh, media that you can get, you know, you've got there's tons of novels out there. Um, there are tons of different uh comic books i think the current run is produced i want to say by idw publishing but it might not be them anymore no it is idw even though idw is kind of falling apart yeah uh, and it is there it's really good i i don't get it every month but there was a picard miniseries mm. that was phenomenal and uh, it, it's the people who are writing that really do know the characters and do a really good job. The, there's one that I actually want to check out that I haven't read before that it's, it's essentially a prequel to the 2009 movie. Um, so I'd, I'd like to check that out. Um, there's a crap ton of games. There's video games. Um, there's an, one of those like online multiplayer RPG type games. Um, and then you have uh, a couple of tabletop role-playing games. I think the newest one uh, is just called Star Trek Adventures. Um, and that's become pretty popular. Um, and then you've got magazines. There's been a couple of different variations of Star Trek uh, magazines. I actually have a few issues of the most recent one. And I can't remember what the name of it is. Do you know what it's called? No, I um, I have not really followed a lot of the extracurricular media uh, of Star Trek. Explorer. Uh, it's called Explorer. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that one is, I think there's seven issues into that one. Uh, and I've probably got like two or three of them. But it's 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 good. I I liked it. Um, 
I actually bought right before I moved to Michigan, I bought a book and it might be in the garage. Uh, it's, it's basically one of those, like learn everything there is to know about star Trek type stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, um, like an encyclopedia type deal. Yeah. There's, there's a, a really good, it's like a two books that are the 50 year journey, which basically goes through enterprise and the, uh, the, the, films it basically goes up to i want to say it's the the kelvin movies yeah it, and it mm -hmm. is is so good i listened to audiobooks of those and they were just fantastic yeah i've i've myself have never read any of the novels um, i actually as another one of the few books i read in growing up as a kid was there was one called the kobayashi maru mm -hmm. which takes place before it's in the years in between Star Trek, the motion picture and Star Trek to the wrath of Khan. Mm -hmm. And it explains the, what happens in Kirk's Kobayashi Maru. And mm -hmm. essentially a bunch of people get trapped in a shuttle somewhere and then they're swapping stories and <laughs> yeah, Kirk's Kobayashi Maru comes up. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, well, we are wrapping things up. Coming up after us, stick around on YouTube for another Red 5 show. Uh, WSTR Media is going to be talking uh, about Jabba the Hutt as part of their Imperial Inspection series. Um, first of all, I want to thank everybody in the chat room for coming and hanging out with us while we talk Star Trek. And I obviously... Uh, oh, a big thank you to Dave for coming on the show and talking some Star Trek with me. Hey, thanks for having me on. And thank you everyone for putting up with my dumbass. <laughs> so catch us next week. I think next week, um, if I've got my time schedule correct in my brain, which I probably don't, I think next week Chantel is going to be with us and we're going to be talking about Big Bang Theory. Maybe I'll have to check the schedule, but I think that's what we're doing next week. Never uh, watched that show. Great show. Great show. Uh, so uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and make sure you smash that like button and subscribe. And thanks to everybody who uh, <laughs> listens to the show on the audio platforms. Uh, if you do listen to us on Apple, please leave a review. Um, but until then, see you next week. And uh, live long and prosper.